A photographer was asked by a local news station to take some aerial shots of a large fire in the area. He called the airport, found a pilot, said he'd meet him at the airport. The pilot said, I'll be in the plane waiting for you. So when the photographer got there, he got out of his car, grabbed his bag full of equipment, saw a plane parked, got in the other, got in the other side, and said to the pilot, okay, let's go, take off. The pilot, rather hesitatingly, but nonetheless uh, following instructions, taxied to the end of the runway and took off. As they were climbing out, the pilot turned to the photographer and said, now what? The photographer said, well, let's go to where the fire is and then just do a few circles and I'll take some some shots and you come back and land. The pilot said, well, I don't know how to do that. The photographer looked at him and said, you're not a pilot? The young man looked back and said, you're not my flight instructor? (laughs) We could get the impression that Abraham might have had a similar reaction when God said to him, Abraham, you know that son of yours whom I gave you a few years ago, whom you love deeply, the most cherished thing in your life? Yes. Kill him. We look in vain for evidence in that Bible reading that Abraham argued with God. If you and I were asked to take the most precious thing in our lives and get rid of it, we would certainly argue with God or just not do it. But there's no evidence that Abraham went kicking or screaming or through the entire journey from home to Mount Moriah kept saying, God, are you sure you know what you're doing? Maybe I'm misunderstanding you. Not sure this is what you want me to do. Rather, we have the sense that Abraham went confidently, confidently with his son Isaac, the one whom he loved, the child of his old age, to Mount Moriah. And very peacefully, when the time came, took the knife to the throat of his son. And only then did God intervene. Stop. Don't touch the boy. You see, this wasn't the first time God had asked Abram to do something. From the very beginning, when God said to Abram, take your entire family and everything you own and move from here to a place I will tell you. Abram, of course, asked, well, where is that? And God said, I'll tell you when you get there. And through the journey, God set up one trial after another all to strengthen the faith of Abram, who, when his faith was strong, had his name changed by God to Abraham, signifying a change from within him. Abraham learned to trust the ways of God to the point that when he asked him, when God asked him, take your most precious thing, your son, your beloved, and kill him. Abraham walked with confidence, as if to say to himself, 
I don't like this one bit, but if God is asking me to do it, I know it will turn out okay. Like flying an airplane, that's not something you can do instantly. Abraham learned to walk with God. Abraham learned to listen to the things of God and pay attention. Abraham learned to trust God over the course of his lifetime. That's what Lent is all about. We're given a certain period of a few weeks a year when we're asked to change the way we live in a way that helps us to listen to the voice of God amid all the voices we hear in the course of a day, to pay attention to the things of God amid all the distractions that come to us in life, and to trust God among all those things that call out to us in the course of a day. As if to give us an instruction and inspiration the church holds out for us on this second Sunday of Easter, the gospel narrative of the transfiguration of Jesus. If you become weak, the church says, take a look at where you're headed in eternal glory and find strength there. If you lose your way, look to the bright light of the transfiguration and there become reoriented readjust the direction. Because this season of Lent, these six weeks of Lent, are all about just learning to trust God. There is no one here who will get through life unscathed. Every one of us has, or if you haven't yet, you will, encounter a major struggle in life. It may not be but for many it is the death of a beloved child, the death of a marriage, the loss of hope, and the death of plans. Whatever it is, we'll never survive that if we haven't learned to listen and trust in the voice of God already. In these weeks of Lent, learn to trust God. And if you're a little shaky in what to do, you can turn to the Lord next to you and say, are you my instructor? And he'll say confidently, yes, I am.